Hey, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Inspire Podcast. Super excited for the guest speaker today. Uh, I've known this guy a long time since his college days. Um, I got Sean Cloris, head coach of CCNY, on the line. Sean, what's going on, bud? Hey, Drew. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I think the listeners in for a treat. It's been fun, uh, you know, you worked with me as at my assistant coach when I was a coach at prep um, and, you know, watching your career path from a college kid to where you are now as a D3 head coach has been real exciting. Um, so again, I think the listeners in for a huge treat here and hope you're ready for this. Um, so guys, a little bit on Sean's background. Sean is a native of Long Island. Um, he graduated from Fairfield University with his bachelor's and then uh, attended Malloy University where he got a, his master's in secondary education. Um, in regards to Sean's coaching career, uh, while he was a college student at Fairfield University, um, he was the assistant uh, freshman coach at Fairfield Prep from 2007 to 2010. Uh, easy walk from his dorm over to the uh, gym over there, which you know I worked with him very closely. Uh, and from 2000, after he graduated Fairfield University from 2010 to 2012, he was the head coach at Black River High School in Jamaica West Indies. Um, 2012 to 2015, he was a volunteer coach at Chaminade High School. At that time, he was also uh, currently teaching there and, and doing a little bit of guidance counseling as well. From 2015 to 2018, he was the assistant coach at John Jay University. Uh, during his time there, they had a 2017 quarterfinal appearance and a 2018 semifinal appearance. Uh, in the 2018-19 season, he became the assistant coach at St. Thomas Aquinas College. They, uh, during that season, they reached the ECC semifinals. They had a D2 NCAA tournament appearance. Uh, also during that season, they were ranked as almost as high as 12th nationally in Division II basketball. Uh, his role there was the recruiting director where he produced one of the top recruiting classes. And he was also in charge of player development, scouting, and film breakdown. And just last season, 2019-20, uh, Sean landed his first college head coaching position at the City College of New York, other no otherwise known as CCNY. Um, during his first season, he produced the Cuniac Conference Rookie of the Year, and that same player was awarded the D3 uh, Atlantic Region Rookie of the Year. Sean, very impressive. That's, you know, almost 13 years of coaching if you go back to your uh, college days. Yeah, well, the, you, you listen to you, you, you definitely hyped me up a little bit uh, with that, but um, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, all started with, with you and, and Rich Lee at Fairfield take, uh, taking a shot on me, so um, just, just excited that I've been able to stay in it as long as I have. No, and, and it's good, you know, it's, you've kind of worked your way up the ranks, which is the way it goes in the, you know, professional world and the sports industry, kind of volunteering is, you know, a few different places and working your way up from, you know, the second assistant role to the lead assistant role to, you know, recruiting director and, you know, the beauty about what you've done, you've stayed real close within New York City, so I think you're probably building a pretty good reputation there if you kind of look just based off your resume, so it's, again, it's been very cool to watch you. Um, do what you do these days. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, so let's get into this. In college, all right, you're at Fairfield University. Most kids, you know, I'm sure you still enjoyed your your weekends and your activities over there at Fairfield U, but, you know, what made you want to get into coaching while being a student at, uh, while being a student? 
Well, first of all, I, I appreciate you keeping those Fairfield stories under wraps. Definitely had some fun. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, uh, Fairfield, Fairfield University was the, it was the first time I enjoyed um, learning and exploring different things. So one of that was my classes. Um, I mean, I always loved basketball. I loved it in high school. Um, I wasn't much of a player, um, but I, I always wanted to learn more about it. I loved being around it. So when I got to college, in addition to, to actually starting to enjoy school and enjoy learning, um, I wanted to get involved as, as much as I could on campus. So there were there were two opportunities for me there. Ed Cooley was the head coach at Fairfield at the time, and you know now he's obviously at Providence and having a, a tremendous amount of success. So I, I did sports broadcasting at Fairfield, and I had the opportunity to get involved, um, whether it's watching practices, um, traveling uh, on the road with them, so I learned a lot about a college program from watching Ed Cooley transform Fairfield University. But the the, the best experience I, I got was was when Rich Lee opened the door at Fairfield Prep for me, and and you were very welcoming. I'm uh, taking a kid who had absolutely no idea what he was doing, um, and, and just kind of letting me go along for the ride and, and learn and, and be around basketball. So those two or three years. Of, of learning about basketball and getting involved, I just realized that it's something that I would really enjoy doing. And when I looked at anyone I admired and looked up to, it was always people who really enjoyed and were passionate about whatever their career was and wanted to get better. So um, basketball to me was the best avenue for me that I felt I could be passionate about. I'd love to get better at it and I could do something with. So that's what made me interested. And then once I got through my experiences at Fairfield, um, I, I, I was sure that's what I wanted to do. Well, that's awesome. No, it was, uh, you were a pleasure to have, and it was, you know, you were there a couple of years, uh, with me. So it was, you know, fun to kind of groom you loved, you know, walking, you walk in, uh, the gym at seven thirty in the morning on those Saturdays, always fun to see you. Um, you know, but you actually helped me, you know, cause I was very young in my coaching career as well when I took that opportunity. So it was kind of fun to go through it together. And, um, you know, so you go through that process, you see how the high school ranks are done. And then from 2012, you decided to take a head coaching job in Jamaica. How was that? Well, before I get to that, Drew, the one other thing I meant to, to mention about it is the, the, the best thing about coaching so far for me and like I'm just starting to see it now is just the the relationships we built so just the fact that um you and I have kept such great contact um Paul Farina who's been a good friend since since my time at Fairfield like he's followed our programs and been heavily involved wherever I've been which I've really appreciated um I call Rich all the time and and we talk about X's and O's and and just everything so like that's been the best part for me so I, I just wanted to mention that because I think sometimes you can kind of get lost in what's your next move and, and going here and going there and trying to make everything work. But um, that's been that's been great for me. So I've appreciated that. Um, um, re 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 relationships are a huge factor. And, not, and that's something that's, you know, built my career of 20 years, you know, almost 20 years coaching and everything I do with, you know, my couple businesses, whether it's the after school and summer camps or it's the basketball, it's all built on relationships. So that's one thing that I'm glad you learned, you know, from us. Um, 
and it's going to help you even more so now as you try to build your own program, you know, having these relationships with people like myself who can send you kids and, you know, get you looks or connect you with someone else. So it's, uh, you've got the right mindset as a, a young coach and, you know, it's going to carry you very well uh, in the years to come. And I appreciate it. And, and you're definitely right about it. Um, in terms of, uh, of Jamaica West Indies, so it was, it was not something I expected at all um, to do. When I was a senior at Fairfield, I actually over winter break had the opportunity to go spend um, 10 days on a, a service trip through the college. And at the time I was just thinking, hey, winter break, I could be in Jamaica for a few days and um, kind of hang out and help people. It, it seemed like a, a good one-time experience. But when I went, there was actually an alum from Fairfield who was in this program called Passionist Volunteers. And I was just amazed. He had been there for a year in this program, and I was absolutely amazed just by um, how natural he felt in that community and how um, connected he was to the community that he was in. And this was a, a, a white guy from, you know, from New York that had never been out of the country. And then, you know, eight months later, he's living in a rural town in Jamaica and he's, he's, you know, as connected to those people as, you know, I've ever seen. And that, that resonated a lot with me because at the time senior year, and I think Drew, you've probably seen this a lot, um, especially in coaching, like people are very passionate about that, that next step and getting an opportunity. So at the time I was thinking, how do I get in? How do I get in? How do I get in? And for me, it was, I could be a grad assistant or, I could jump on as an assistant coach somewhere. But when I came back from Jamaica, I actually thought about just the opportunity to be in another country for a year, get a totally different perspective, um, be uncomfortable, and just enjoy living in another part of the world that I may never get a chance to do again. So I actually applied for the program not thinking I would go. And actually, basketball coaching was not a part of this program. Um, the, the whole point of the program, the Passionist Volunteers, is to go to another country and live in the community and listen to the people and see how you can fit in and serve there. So it, it wasn't it wasn't like I was sent down there to be a basketball coach. So when I accepted the opportunity to go to Jamaica, I actually did not expect to be coaching. And when I was down there, as, as you mentioned, I was sent to uh, Black River, which is a, a beautiful, beautiful town on the southwest coast of, of Jamaica. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it's the very dynamic of Jamaica where there's, there's poverty, poverty, there's, um, some extreme wealth. It, it's a, it's a huge dynamic, uh, between the two. And I worked at the high school and the elementary school. And when I was at the high school, they asked me what, what I knew how to do. And I said, coach basketball, but in Jamaica, the structure sports wise, they, they are, they are track and soccer first. Like it's, it's a clear, clear divide after that. Then comes cricket. Then somewhere down the line comes basketball. So basketball has gotten more popular over the past 15 years. But, uh, when I got there, it was not a priority. You didn't go through the neighborhoods and see kids playing basketball. It was always soccer or it was always cricket. Um, or you heard about Usain Bolt. So I didn't even think about coaching. And they had told me that there was a basketball program at the school that, that hadn't been running for the past three years. And was that something that I'd like to be involved with? So I became an assistant coach for that program. 
And then the head coach actually uh, went to run for parliament, and, and I got the head coaching job. So that's how that that happened, and it was the best growing experience I've ever had. Um, very, very humbling because not only had I never been a head coach, I also was in a culture that I didn't understand, and um, sometimes I didn't understand. Like Patois is kind of like a mix of English. Um, and Creole. So, so sometimes when um, kids would get animated or we would get in arguments on the court or, or we'd be talking, I, I wouldn't understand um, what they were saying. And I also was very out of my element. I knew how to coach basketball a little bit, or I thought I did, um, but I didn't know them. I didn't know their circumstances. And um, I also had never been a head coach. So uh, I had a lot of room to make mistakes, to learn. Uh, I learned an incredible amount, you know, um, even from the standpoint of I would schedule, you know, I scheduled games on Saturdays, not realizing that three quarters of my team was the seventh day Adventist. And that means that Saturday is a no go. Um, so I had to uh, go pick up the kids from their houses all on the countryside to go play a game in the late afternoon. Um you know, just to, just to make it work. So I I learned an incredible amount. I loved it. Um, Very, very basic in terms of the basketball skill, tremendous athletes, um, kids that were awesome, wanted to get better. And for me, it was a great opportunity because I had to teach from scratch. And I think it's really hard to teach from scratch because you really have to know what you're doing and you have to know how to simplify it and clarify your communication, and and that's something that I learned. So I, I loved it. Um, I met my wife down there, too, who was in the same program. Um, so it, it was just it, – it was an awesome experience. Yeah. T- t- 20-something, you know, 22-year-old, hey, you know, you get this opportunity. And I think one of the things you really hit on is, you know, in order to become a great coach, you got to know how to teach from scratch. Um, you know, and yourself being, you know, in a different country um, – and not having any true head coaching experience, you know, you got to break yourself down at that point. You got to look in the mirror and say, how, how am I going to be able to develop? How am I going to be able to move forward with that? So um, such a cool story, such a cool life experience. Um, you come back now from Jamaica, 2012. Uh, you come back, you go to get your master's at Malloy College, do some volunteering, Chaminade, but we're going to jump ahead to kind of incorporating your two, you know, experiences as assistant coach, you know, more, I want to touch base on the recruiting aspect of scholar athletes, you know, um, sure. the, there's such a huge importance, especially at the D three level, but truly any level, the importance of grades, uh, the type of player, and also what you guys kind of look for in regards to, you know, social media of these players looking to play at the next level um kind of you know discuss your recruiting model you know in regards to recruiting and all those things no and and you're exactly right um i i've had a chance so when when i started at john jay um college john jay was last place in the conference um they had gone five and 21 the year before for i i arrived there with ryan Highland, who who um, has done a great job since they were three and twenty-two my first year there. So it actually was very similar to my first year at, at CCNY, where the first year at John Jay we recruited Sean Epps, who ended up being Rookie of the Year, and 
you know, he actually went on to be um, the leading scorer in, in college history, in school history. Um, you know, this year we had rookie of the year. We didn't have a great year on the court, but, but we're building. So uh, I think there's a few things that are really important. I think from a coaching standpoint, I think, and it's challenging to do because everyone's looking for a job and looking to stay in basketball. But I, I really do believe that you have, you as a coach have to believe in the school that you are presenting to um, your, the, the players you're recruiting. I, I think that's so important. And the reason I say that is like, I can, I can genuinely say that each of the places that I've been, I've been really fortunate where that's been the case, where if basketball was off the table, um, I ha- would have absolutely no hesitation to, to tell you and show you um, the, the great opportunities you would have, whether it's at John Jay, whether it's at City College, Stack, um, wherever it was. And, and the reason I say that is because, um, one, it, it, it gives you more credibility in terms of um, how, how you're, you're maximizing your campus and you're showing that to recruits. Um, and at the same time, it also helps you focus in on the guys who are fit for your school. Um, and, and I think that's so important. My first year at John Jay, John Jay is known for criminal justice nationally. And my first year, what I tried to do was the opposite of embracing that. I tried to show everybody that we were recruiting why we weren't just a school for criminal justice. And that was the wrong approach, in my opinion. And I learned a lot from that year, missing out on a lot of guys. Um, for me, um, I had to embrace what the school did really well and find the guys that wanted to be in that environment. Um, and, and I think that's a two-way street, Drew. Well, one of the things that like I've noticed is it's very easy to get caught up in level D3, D2, D1. And the thing I've always told guys is, is, is go to the right fit. Go to the right fit, go to the right fit. And um, I think sometimes recruits get it in their head that, I have to be a D2 player, I have to be a scholarship player, I'm a D1 player, and those opportunities might not be there, or those opportunities might not be what they thought they were going to be. So I I think it's a two-way street in in recruiting in general, where the coaches have to really believe in what they are promoting about their school, and be really honest about the the pros and the cons of the school. Because you're going to have a recruit that, that you convinced to come to a school just to have him in three months learn that everything you told him isn't true and he's going to want to leave the school. So we try to be really honest and really straightforward um, with, with families, with the influencers. So uh, the coaches, the, the, the recruit, that's really, really important to me. I would rather be fully transparent and honest with you and have you say, Hey, city college is not the right fit for me than to try to find ways to convince you to come to city college just for you to get here and realize that some of the things I was saying to get you here weren't true. Um, if, if that makes sense. So that's, that's the most important thing for me. Um, in, in terms of the types of guys we look for, we, we look for guys who are absolutely tough, love to play and want to get better. Um, they're good people. And, and that brings in this academic part here where we're not spending our time with, with guys who don't have uh, good grades. One, so we don't, we, you know, we, we spend time, but when we first start recruiting someone, the first thing we ask about are grades 
um, and, and getting those grades, whether it's SAT or transcript. Um, then we, we look at their social media and we have conversations with everybody involved. So, so that's the, the student, that's the coaches, that's the parents, anybody who is important to that person and, and their decision-making process. That, that way we have an understanding of what's important to them. Uh, we get a better understanding of, of him as a person and everybody can be on the same page with, with us and, and who we are and, and where we're at, what the opportunity is here. Like I, I see it as we're presenting an opportunity and you have to decide if that opportunity is for you. So um, that's, that's how we go about it. But you know, the, the, the thing I would say about recruiting that's gotten so much more important is one, it's a, it's a two way street. So for, for kids who are being recruited, um, I think now, especially with, with Corona, not being able to visit some colleges, a bunch of coaches are reaching out. AU tournaments are not going on uh, right now. You know, hopefully they're back soon, but all of these coaches are reaching out and kids are starting this communication without being on the campuses, without, you know, seeing, meeting these coaches in person. So, you know, I would suggest one, do your research about the school. You know, um, yes, do your research about the basketball program, but do your research about the school, um, financial, academic, where it's located, what the campus environment is like. Um, is this a, a place that I could see myself for four years? Um, you know, so so I think in recruiting, it, you know, kids are going to have to be a little bit more proactive and coaches are as well. Um, also, the one other thing I'd say is like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Um it's so much better just to tell a coach from a recruiting standpoint that you're not interested rather than just disappear. And, and I think from the coaching side of it, I think it's so important to be transparent about where you are in your recruiting. So um, the communication is so important. I think that's something that's been a challenge um, for, for a lot of kids because they see it as a, a tough conversation to have with the coach, you know, to, to not disappoint them or not, um, you know, or, or they don't really know what to do. But I think the more transparent both sides can be, um, the better it is for everybody. And the last thing I would say is, is about the social media. The first thing that we do after getting grades and after those initial conversations is we, we look at your social media. And, yes, you have to be really careful about what you post and what you repost. We, we also look at um, just what, what, play, what students are saying. Um, do they have their own thoughts? Are they um, respectful? You know, what what types of things are they reposting? You know, I think especially now they, that's that's incredibly important to, to to understand. But this is their platform, so I think you learn uh, a little bit about them from that. And I, I can't emphasize it enough that everyone from anyone you work for, anyone who's employing you later to college coaches. Um, everybody's looking at that because that's the platform that's visible. So um, I know it's something we definitely do here. I know a lot of coaches do it, um, but, but those are the first things that, that we're looking at. I, I know that was a long winded answer, but um, it's definitely, uh, you, there's definitely a lot that goes into that process. 
And, and I think that's important for listeners to understand is, you know, how much goes into recruiting a kid, the importance of a fit. You know, I always look back on my college playing days and, hey, maybe I should have gone, not gone Division One, and maybe gone D3 and played two sports, you know, which I had, it, which I had opportunities to do because it means smaller school, better fit. You know, it, you know, who knows, but you can always look back, but you can only move forward with decisions and make the best of your life and, you know, move ahead. Don't look back on the past. Um, and you, you know, and the other part of that with the social media is, you know, even I have some players that I'm close with and I always say, I'm like, your, your accounts can be private, but it still can be seen. So you need to understand that, um, yep. you know, and that's the biggest part for you young listeners is accounts are private accounts are, you know, it's always there. So you just be really careful because you're hearing it from a coach's mouth that everything can be seen. So just be very uh, conscious about what you're sticking out there on your guys' personal platforms. Um, well, so- Drew, one, Drew, one thing I'll add to that really quick and, and something we talk to our, our players about and our coaches about all the time is I, I, I think I think sometimes we look at it too is be careful about where you're posting. Um, you know, and, and I think they see that sometimes from us as, as a – potentially negative thing I, I think it could also be an extremely positive thing and Correct. social media isn't going anywhere so the ability to do that we have a freshman that's coming in. i won't name him right now but um just with with everything that's going on in society right now i've been extremely impressed um by some of his thoughts and some of the things he's been right. posting and um it made me like even more excited to have him as a part of the program so um it is something we talk about with our guys right. too that it can be really positive Exactly. Um, if you choose to go that way. Right. And with, especially during a time like now where there's no, you know, live periods are all, they're a mess. The NCAA is a mess with trying to reschedule this stuff. Utilize those platforms for a positive. Utilize them for your recruiting. Build yourself a little portfolio on your platform. You know, just be, be smart. I think that's the biggest thing you and I are both saying is be smart. Use it to your advantage. Um, exactly. You know, and, and on, in regards to, you know, the youth now, it kind of jumps into the next part of the conversation I want to have with you. Uh, the, one of your biggest roles in, at all three universities that you've coached, uh, camps and clinics. You guys have a very good following with that stuff. And just, you know, real quick, you know, the youth dynamic is ever evolving. Um, you know, I've seen it for, you know, my 20 years of coaching, 12 years of running my own program. You know, there's a lot more parent influence but you know there's a lot more uh opportunities that pop up for kids all over place everyone with their own philosophies but discuss the importance of skill development at such a young age and having skill development in your practices and in your camps and not creating you know scrimmage only type atmospheres what you know what what is your approach with that Sure. Um, You know, I I think it's a balance uh, because I do believe that, you know, the number one thing is is that kids should enjoy, enjoy playing and enjoy the game. Like that's, that's why they play. So I I do think it's a balance between, you know, building skills, helping them get better. I, I also think that you know, as you build school skills and you get better, the game is more fun for you. So um, I, I do think there's a balance with that. But for me, uh, you know, the the skill development in my eyes has, has gone steadily downhill um, the, the past few years. And the biggest reason for that, I think, is because we are constantly playing games. Like that's all, that's all we are doing. So, um, you know, kids will leave 
their high school season and two weeks later they're stuck they're 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 starting AAU and then they're playing in summer league and um I think it gets very easy to you know in games you're going to go back to what you're comfortable with so if you're scrimmaging all the time you're playing all the time you know you don't want to be exposed for something that you don't do well so every kid is going to go back so we're telling guys to work on their left hand well in a game if they haven't worked on their left hand they're, they're going to go back to the right hand because that's what they're the most comfortable with. So, um, like you said, camps camps are so important just for um, building building that that skill and building that the habits of what to work on. Um, I don't think it has to be complicated. I, I you know there there are a lot of trainers now. There's a lot of there are a lot of individual workouts. There are a lot of things that we can do. But I think. Um, in camp settings, we can show how it can be fun, how you can build your skills, and how simple simple is better. Simple but consistent is better. And I think that's where we we lose kids a lot. Is is kids say, "Hey, I'm working hard," but what are they work What are they working on? And and that's something that as we're doing camps, we're doing clinics, um, and even extending now into the college setting where we're thinking about. Uh, like what is player development and what are our strategies for connecting what our players do one-on-one with coaches into what we do as a program on the court that that's that's really important but um, I think it's very easy sometimes to focus on all you know hey we want to have fun versus hey we want to build skills I think there's a balance of both and when they build those skills in camp settings they're going to be more confident when they're playing games and they're growing up and that's going to make the game more fun for them as well. So um, I, I think it's great, and, and it's something that will be a huge part of our program here moving forward. Um, but but ab- absolutely, uh, you know, too much information at times um, can, can be a negative rather than a positive, and I think everybody kind of looks at social media and looks at what different trainers are doing, looks at what other kids are doing, and everyone's comparing, and, and I still believe building basic skills early and doing those consistently well um, jump stopping, being able to handle the ball with both hands, um, you know, having a consistent jump shot, you know, being able to finish at the rim, you know, very, very simple things um, that most players can't do consistently. Uh, so, uh, and, and camps is, is where that starts. So big, big advocate for it. It's a huge part of any program I've been a part of, something we'll do here, but those are just a couple of my thoughts on it because the more players I see when we're recruiting, I say, man, if they were just more fundamentally sound, like that kid would be above our level right now, you know, or, or, or that could be the difference between a D three and a D two player, D two and a D one player. And, and I hate using that, um, the, the levels, but, but just for the lack of a better scale right now, right, just, right. just to give you an idea. But, um, you know, those are my thoughts. Is those simple skills that sometimes we just brush past. Um, a lot of players don't have those down consistently, and if they just had those down consistently, it would be amazing um, how much their game would improve. And so, I think it's hard to do that when you're just playing in games all the time and, and you're not working on those things that you need to get better at. Yeah, one hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you more. So talking about your own program now, all right? We're going to, you know, this little um, trials and tribulation becoming a head coach. Give three words to describe your first, you know, the, the biggest, ro- you know, roadblock or in your first season, what was uh, one of the biggest hurdles in three words? Uh, 
Uh, prioritizing. Yeah, go ahead. Prioritizing vulnerability and energy um, would be the three. You know, have a lot of different priorities that you didn't have as an assistant coach. Um, your time's being pulled in a lot of directions. It's important to prioritize. Um, heard something from Buzz Williams the other day that, that he said his number one job is to be the chief energy officer in his program. And for me, prioritizing um, or a lack of prioritizing and time management for me led to me not having the energy that I needed all the time to be a consistent, positive, um, but tough leader. And that's something I'm going to do a much better job of this year than vulnerability. Like it's, it's on you now. And it's, you know, the decisions you make, the results, um, the interactions outside your program, all that is on the head coach. So those, those three things for sure. Um, but the, but the thing I'm realizing now in our time off, our time at home that, that we have to kind of learn and think about things, um, I have no idea how long I'll be a basketball coach. Just enjoy it. Like I, I got a chance to be a head coach and, um, I, I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in, in some of the trials, which are very, very real. But, uh, yeah, I never thought I'd be here at, at this point, at this age. So, and who knows how long I'll be in this position. So just enjoy it, do the best I can and, and, and learn. I, I think it's easy, especially when you're going through a tough season wins wise or losses wise. I think it's really tough to, um, think like that in the broader view, but I'm going to try to do a much better job of that this year. Oh, great, great words. Um, so for all the listeners out there, you know, in, in, in a couple sentences, what are some words of advice and inspirational words for inspiring kids or coaches, you know, looking to stay involved, you know, with, you know, sports or the game of basketball as a player or a coach? I would say learn how to, we talked about this before, learn how to build authentic relationships. Um, those are, those are giving relationships where, um, you're, you're reaching out to people, not just when you need something, um, you're, you're learning about your players. You're learning about the families you're interacting with. Um, you're, you're learning from coaches, just, just be a learner and, and just grow and continue to be passionate about it. And that will, will lead you in a really positive direction. You know, the other thing I would say, Drew is, is don't, this is something I did early on and, you know, if I could go back, I wouldn't, but don't put yourself down and compare yourselves to other people's path. And that's been really important. Like I was not a player. I was not a, I was not a good player. I was not a manager for a big time program. Um, I had no connections and a lot of times I would compare myself to other people that I was kind of coming up the ranks with, or I was coaching with. And, I just learned that if you're passionate about what you do, you keep learning and you keep building good relationships. It, it doesn't matter that, you know, like you're, you're going to find a way uh, to, to make it work. So that was really important to me. Uh, the other thing I would say is just be positive. Don't complain. Like everybody knows we don't make a lot of money in coaching. Everybody knows there are different challenges, but you're choosing to be in it. Um, so just be positive and that'll bring you a long way and just enjoy where you are. Um, I can't tell you the number of people I talk to that like don't like their jobs, don't like their careers. Um, I never wake up and feel that way. And, and that's been my number one goal as a coach is to wake up and enjoy what I'm doing and then also help the kids I'm coaching find something that they enjoy doing um, a- as well. So those would be my words of advice. Um, easier said than done, but 
you know, when I've followed those things, they've been very helpful for me. No, that, that's awesome, Sean. Thank you for that. And, you know, thank you for the time today to, you know, discuss your journeys. Um, was awesome reconnecting and, and, you know, talking about it. And, you know, again, I could said in the beginning of the episode, it's been awesome watching you and talking with you uh, and even getting to see you up at some of the big uh, NCAA events as a college coach, looking at some of our guys. Um, but again, I'll, I'll continue to watch you and I'm sure we'll connect soon um, at attorney or get you down to come take a look at some of our uh, some of our guys looking to play at the next level. True. Thanks for the time. This is absolutely awesome, and um, appreciate the the friendship and the relationship, and, and looking forward to keeping it going. Absolutely, Sean. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Bye. So much fun catching up with Sean uh, again. His first coaching position was working underneath me while I was at Fairfield Prep with Rich Lee. Phenomenal person, phenomenal coach, um, and really puts a lot into his players and his programs. Um, but, you know, some words from Sean, you know, keep your relationships authentic. You never know where those are going to take you. Um, you know, as a coach, learn about your players, but learn about their families too. Um, you're there for them as a role model and be positive about it. Don't complain and enjoy it. It's your choice, and I couldn't agree with him more. It's a reason I've been doing it 20 years and been working with kids ever since my college days. But thanks again for tuning in. Be well and take care.